In 2021, Doobie released this, Doobieology, his most accomplished podcast, with his undisputed masterpiece episode, American Psycho. An episode so good, people probably don't get the message, but they should, because it's not just about the characters in the novel and film alike and the importance of the environment, it's also a personal statement about Doobie himself. Hey listeners, Hello everyone, welcome back to Doobieology. Uh, in this episode today, I will be comparing the American Psycho film and novel to each other while also reviewing both and giving my intrusive thoughts. Uh, the American Psycho novel actually happens to be one of my favorite novels ever, despite the often very grueling descriptions of violence, sexual content, and sexism, but the film isn't one of my favorites. It is an excellent piece of media, but I just think that the novel is better. I don't want to be one of those people. And the things discussed in the book is also pretty intrusive. I said that earlier. But, um, you know, they kind of tone it down in the film. The film is more of a PG version of the novel, if you will. Um, obviously, for this episode, I would read the novel. I read the novel, sorry. I read the novel, and then I watched the film afterwards. But I will also um, also offer, you know, things that I saw along the way, because I jotted down notes, obviously, so I could talk about an episode, little details and stuff like that. And, you know, just my thoughts overall on both things. Um, this will be my first of many novel and film reviews and comparisons, so strap in. This is the first I will have without a partner. Most of them will be with a companion. I hope you guys enjoy this new look and brand for the podcast. Enjoy the episode. Starting off with the novel, Brett Easton Ellis' American Psycho was written and published in 1991 to very polarizing reviews. Critics are divided on the transgressive and postmodern qualities of the novel. The novel actually landed Ellis a trip onto the FBI's to-be-wanted list, because the novel was just so violent and disturbing. In the United States, the book was named the 53rd most banned and challenged book from 1990 to 1999, basically the 90s decade. Uh, it was the American Library Association who did this. In Australia, the book is sold shrink-wrapped and is also classified R18 under a national censorship legalization legislation sorry when ellis was asked about all the things that they have done to tone down the you know people trying to get a hold of the novel such as children adolescents he said i think it's cute i love it i think it's adorable more on the content of the novel obviously the main character is patrick bateman he's the villain protagonist and also the narrator of this novel wealthy and materialistic yuppie and a Wall Street investment banker who leads a secret life as a serial killer on the streets. My thoughts about Bateman are pretty intrusive. I think he's an excellently written character and also an excellent character in the film. Even though the novel and film are a li little bit different, I think Bateman still stays true to himself. The overall theme of both is that he's a Wall Street banker who has no life outside of working on Wall Street and everyone who he surrounds himself is the same, meaning he takes his anger out and also uses society as a banking weapon to get rid of things that are bad to society. I'll get more on that later. He's a subject of debate for a lot of meme culture and toxic masculinity today. The list of those murdered, I mean, the list of those he's murdered is endless, ranging from colleagues, the homeless, and also sex workers. Some of his actions include torture, rape, necrophilia, and cannibalism. They are graphically described in the novel as well. The novel has a lot of themes, actually, not just filled with violent descriptions. The novel is actually an excellent portrayal of someone who hates themselves because that one shallow and empty inside of themselves. Because they want, I'm sorry, they are shallow and empty inside. However, he hates the world that surrounds him so much that he murders innocent people because they have better things than him. 
or to just damage society. Hence why the killers, the homeless, and prostitutes, the killers. Hence why he kills homeless and prostitutes, peoples, because, you know, they damage society. More on that later. He also has a sense of obsession, obsession, which is really described in the novel. There will be pages full of Bateman describing what others wear in their fashion sense. This isn't just Ellis writing about fashion sense in the 80s just to get a, you know, view of what um, readers and, you know, film watchers think. It's more of showing that Bateman, who's obsessed with things that he probably shouldn't be obsessed with, is describing things in a transmissive, is that the word I want to use? way so that the reader understands like hey bateman is attention to detail type of person uh you see things from his point of view even if you don't want to uh, even if you don't want to at times in the novel and i actually think it's an awesome thing that ellis wrote this into the novel just to get you know a sense of um how people can be obsessed with things that you wouldn't think they'd be obsessed with i've had talks with people who enjoy this novel as well and say that some of their least favorite chapters are the ones where he's talking about fashion sense because he's just they're just not that interested in fashion. And while I am a person who's interested in fashion, as many of you know, I still think that, you know, not everyone's gig is that. And maybe they get uninterested in things like that. Um, he also has a multiple personality thing going on, as there are chapters dedicated to music as well. Again, music, heavily describing music in the novel. One thing I love too much about the novel is that uh, exactly what Bateman was thinking before he executing his plan. It made things a lot more interesting from a third-person point of view. Um, so it's a predictable novel in some ways. Uh, if you've seen the film, a lot of the things that happen in the film still happens in the novel. With a few added extra things, because it's a book, you got to extend everything. Um, Bateman, there, I think my favorite scene from the book, and it's pretty graphic, so here's a trigger warning. Uh, Bateman murders this sex worker in his house. And then he ends up cooking her in an oven for meatloaf purposes. Like, it was just like a meatloaf. It's it's graphic. And it's not the sense that I like it because, you know, it's violent. I like it because it gives you a sense of just how twisted and demented Bateman got towards the end of the novel. This happens towards the end of the novel. I should mention that. Um, Bateman is this character losing the sense of reality near the end. And... He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's surrounding him. So he does a bunch of unwarranted things going. This goes on this killing spree. And, um, sorry, I blanked out. He goes on this killing spree, admits to everything. And then the next day, everybody's like, oh, no, nothing happened. We just saw Paul, Paul Owen the other day. Uh, Paul Allen in the film from the beloved meme where Jared Leto gets murdered by uh, Christian Bale is Paul Owen in the novel. I should mention that. Um, yeah, I also should mention that the novels were just reasoning behind all Bateman's tirades is simply because it takes place in the 80s. This is an 80s-based novel. The film is also based in the 80s, as many of you know. I love the film. I love the novel. I think the novel's better. I think the novel offers a lot more thoughts. The film is more comedic purposes, but it also offers a good message as well. And more on the film's controversy as well, because this novel had a lot of controversy. But I think the film was a lot more covered, in my opinion. All in all, this novel is a hype reel, satrical mirror held up to our faces, the uncomfortability and sense of disturb. It creates a very ugly reflection of the world that we live in today. There's no easy re resolutions to subordinates, and it also serves as no comforting thoughts that afloat us. The fundamentally decent guy is here to rescue them from the bad guys. No love on faith saves everything. Just the idea that we have made a world that shoves two, two and no empathy together. 
It's a breeding ground for monsters to excel and thrive while also being very violent people in plain sight. This novel is no hiding place for the, uh, for the reader. It furnishes us with dark humor, irony, and it's more like a black comedy that I would uh, definitely recommend to people who love serial killers and also surprisingly thrilling messages. On to the film. You know, starting Dubiology was tough. However, it couldn't have been any more difficult if I wasn't using Anchor. Thankfully, I was. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast on your phone or PC at any time. Anchor also allows you to distribute your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more websites that allow editing for podcasts. Best part about it, it is all free. F-R-E-E. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Anchor.fm is the website link again. Thank you. Beginning with the film, The American Psycho Film was released on April 14, 2000. At the time of its release, many considered it to be a box office failure. Over the years, however, it has become a huge cult movie, pretty big cult following for the film, and many, many memes have followed it as well, as such as the opening segment of this episode. It's heavily appreciated for its dark comedic tone and also its themes on isolation and despair. Like the novel, the film establishes and expands on the yuppie culture of the 80s, which was a decade built on greed, narcissism, and self-deprecation. It pokes fun at the society that does not show empathy, individuality, or even shame in its values. American Psycho was also released during a time where films began to go against consumerism in America and self-deprecation uh, self-depre- this word earlier, self-deprecation of our society. There's a quote from Bateman in the film that actually uh, I want to touch up on because it holds a special meaning. In the end, Bateman does an epilogue to the camera, and one of his quotes is, My pain is constant and sharp. I do not hope a better world for anyone. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. I want no one to escape. This is a character so demented and deranged about his own personal image that the thought of society struggling is not even on the list of his biggest concerns. His objective is to clean up society from what it has become, clean it up from what it can happen to be, and he chooses to leave society demented and deranged. There would be no escape. Speaking of Bateman, his character in the film is played by the legendary Christian Bale, who has a really ruggish inner self kept in a... What? Abience? Abience? Why did I write that word not knowing how to pronounce it? Bale was likely the best choice for Bateman, in my opinion. Um, I always wondered why he had this weird American accent. I don't know if he was going for 80s New York, but uh, later on he revealed that he was going for more of Tom Cruise, and the more I watched the film last week before I did this episode, I was like, he really does sound like Tom Cruise. Um, he looks the part, and he awful, also, awful, also definitely plays it well. He makes every scene he's in so convincing and compelling. I heard that they considered DiCaprio for the role, which, while I think Leonardo DiCaprio is an awesome actor, I just don't see that casting working well. DiCaprio was a big money guy. Obviously, the movie could have made a lot of money, but it would have went down in terms of quality because Christian Bale is just born to play Patrick Bateman. I mentioned that the film is a cult classic earlier on. While I personally stand by that statement, it all depends on taste. It really comes down to the person watching it. The reason I say this is because the material in the film can leave you stunned and really shocked if unprepared. Uh, I should mention, American Psycho, the film, is basically the PG version of the novel. 
The film, while still violent and having grueling images and compelling scenes that can leave you on the edge of your seat, is not as bad as the novel. I had trouble sleeping after reading the novel. It's terrible. Not Again, not terrible in the sense where, oh, I can't read it. It's so bad. The writing's terrible. The author didn't do a good job. No, it's beautifully written. And I should mention, I should have mentioned this in the novel episode, episode uh, segment. The reason people watch or read films and media that contain all these very violent acts that, you know, people shouldn't be thinking about or writing about or even, you know, attempting to do regardless is because, not because we enjoy it, we just want to get in the point of view and in the shoes of the person who does. Example, why do people love serial killers so much? We like learning about crime. We want to know why these people did these things. A lot of people in forensic science and criminology are learning about serial killers at this moment. You know, they're not doing it to, uh, you know, what's the word for it? What am I looking for? They're not doing it necessarily to... They get enjoyment out of it, obviously. It's their job. But they're doing it to get a point of view of why these people do these things. And I think that's cool. I think that's an awesome thing. Um, my favorite part of the film is literally how Bateman is just knows how messed up he is. How sick he is. He acted out on his fantasies. Most times, they happened. Uh, another beautiful scene from Christian Bale in the movie is when he just goes on this murder spree. He kills this girl in the bank. I don't remember. And then he goes out in the alley, kills a bunch of homeless people, a few animals, a few other people. And then he just goes in his office, confesses his sins to his lawyers. And yeah, I killed all these people. It was me. I'm sorry. No, no. But it's also a wonderful scene because he just goes from mentally deranged to crazy to I don't know if I'm laughing or crying to I'm so happy. And then, yeah, he he just loses it. It's a really good scene. Originally, I thought the ending could have used a little bit more flair, though. I watched this film for the first time, way before I read the novel. It took reading the novel and watching it again to realize what it was doing. It was an amazing cliffhanger, letting the audience theorize if Bateman's actions actually happened, or if it was just a fragment of his thoughts. I get why this film was enjoyed by so many. It's truly excellent. Bill gives one of the best performances of his career, and the film does a good job toning down the heavy amount of violence and sexual content in the novel. It manages to have all the elements of horror, comedy, and thriller. Also, a little bit of mystery in there. While the satiring and the self-obsessed narcissistic nature of our society is included, I would totally recommend this film to any horror fans out there, or even fans of comedy. It reaches that border. Just make sure the kids aren't around for this one. It can get a little messy. In conclusion, I should not start a segment like that, but whatever. As for the novel, I love it. I mentioned on my Snapchat story that I rarely ever gave five-star ratings to novels. Only five books ever that I've read have such a prestigious rating. American Psycho holds such a rating, however. I can't mention enough, however, that despite my numerous cautions about the content, the book is really for the brave and strong stomach. This is a novel that is uh, that I would recommend as long as people understand the vicious content in the book and the message that it's trying to get through outside of just writing a book that's gore porn. I didn't read the book for the pleasure, but I also, no, wait, wait, I didn't read it at all for pleasure. <laughs> I read it to understand more why people do the things they do, and also greed in our society. Even with all the gut-wrenching writing, it displays, uh, it displays a good message of individuality. Uh, I got recommended American Psycho by a friend in middle school, but I didn't read it until my freshman year in high school. I probably should have waited. It shines a brutal light on a way of life and a mindset that has become all too uh, familiar since you know the 80s over time it 
individuality and self-deprecation grows in America and society in general. Also, after reading this novel, I read some of Brett Easton Ellis's other work, and I don't think he's a good writer, to be honest. I just think he accidentally wrote a masterpiece here. Effective. Effective? Maybe not a masterpiece classic, just an effective book that really gets people's gears grinding. If you can get gears grinding and people are polarized by your book, you did a good job. The film isn't in the realm of my favorites, but I can't deny that it's simply excellent. It is a one-off, it's one-off, it is a one-of-a-kind film and is intriguing every time you watch it. As I said before, Christian Bale gives one of the best performances of his career. Of his career, sorry. Uh, he's scary good in the movie. He captures the horrifying and depressing aura of Bateman from the novels. I love all the hints and references to the 80s yuppie culture in the film, and Bateman becoming completely unhinged and deranged near the end. I think the most underrated aspect of this film is its cinematography. The shots are amazing, and the camera moves in such a it moves in such an interesting point of view that you kind of lose track of what's going on, especially near the middle segments of the film. The message of the film also still stands as anti-capitalist and very violent. It also sticks out as a very funny a satire comedy a lot of times. If you have not seen the film, I couldn't recommend it enough to anyone. It's pretty much a watch. Uh, it's pretty much a must watch. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. I just wish the film was longer. It could have built on the intrigue and suspense near the end, especially with the theory that Bateman probably didn't kill these guys, and all these things that were happening in the last hour and 40 minutes of the movie is just satire and all in Bateman's head. Uh, that's pretty much it for the episode. Thank you guys for listening. This was short but brief. These are what these novel and, compar- novel and film comparison episodes should be like. Short but brief, and uh, some information thrown in and my thoughts. Um... The next novel in comparison will probably be The Outsiders or Clockwork Orange. I know those two episodes are coming up. Um, The next episode should be a 007 review for your eyes only, as I mentioned in my first episode. Um, That should be out next week. This is going to be out as I'm recording because I'm recording a few days earlier so I can edit. This should be out Saturday, the 29th of July. Probably the 30th. I don't know. We'll see. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day, evening, night, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Enjoy the next episode. Follow, follow, I don't know. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Dubiology. I really appreciate your love and support for the podcast. If you'd like more of this podcast, please check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and also Red Circle. If you want more known information about episodes coming out and new releases, check it out on Snapchat and Instagram, the official accounts. Dubiology 2022 for Snap, official Dubiology for Instagram. Thank you for listening again. Have a good day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Bye.